1: Hello, and welcome to episode 54 of the Two in the Authors podcast with
0: me, David B. Lines. And me, Robert Enright. And on today's show, the two indie authors are offering you six ways to build your fan base. I'm quite Mm. excited to go into this, David, because I think it's something that you and I have worked on extensively over the last few years. And Mm -hmm. so that should be good. Um, That is, of course, before I'll croon to you once more for another mailbag question. Once more, did you promise? Just once more. I don't, I'll, we'll put a vote out in a, on, on our social media Let's make platforms, it happen, and we'll, we'll put we'll we'll put it to the listeners, <laughs> shall we? Um, but anyway, that is um, a question sent in by one of our wonderful listeners, um, and then towards the end of the show, award-winning cozy well, crime hmm. author Dawn Brooks will be joining us nice. to face our seven questions. However, David, you know how this show begins. How <laughs> has the last seven days been for you?
1: Quite good, quite productive. I realise as I'm answering this question every week, Rob, that I'm given pretty much um, the same answer, that I'm being productive, which is a good thing. Um, Because I am being productive in terms of getting words on pages and and, um, and doing the day job. But it seems like a bit of a boring answer um, to be given the listeners every week. And I'm not quite sure what other insight I can um, really share other than, you know, the progress of my novels and, and the screenplay, I guess I'm writing. But there's there are other facets, isn't there, to what we do. Yeah, and there's yeah. an awful lot of admin and 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 I don't I, I tend to neglect to say that, you know, I'm playing around with my ads. I'm always playing around with my ads. It's 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 because it's an ongoing sort of um
2: yeah.
1: routine for me. I I I assume probably the listeners are just either aware of that or I just haven't been mentioning it i guess so but with facebook ads in particular i'm all i'm sort of observing every few days is this one you know if i'm spending 20 pound on this one is it bringing me back 20 pound plus you know because yeah. sometimes i'm spattering so many ads that um i will shut them down after maybe 10 days or so I'll Just go. Mm, i've spent 250 pounds on this one it's it's only brought back 260 in sales it's really not worth it or even less it can be yeah. it can be less as well if, if an ad is not hitting so an awful lot of the test, test, test on ads is an ongoing cycle for me, Rob. I don't know about you, because with your Facebook ads, you tend to have picked a winner and backed the winner, and 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 you're really running with that. I te- I had that. I had that with a Betsy Blake ad, a big yeah. winner, and it was running. And then it just it something happened to my Facebook. I lost a, about a thousand followers, and my ads were shut off. So it just a switch went out, like a fuse blew, about two years ago. Mm. And since then, I haven't hit the ad, the hot, the, the shit hot ad. I've hit hot ads, but mm. just not shit hot ad. Um, so it's, it, it, I'm always testing. So that's that's a part of my week that goes along with the productivity of uh, getting words on the page and something uh, I should continue to to sort of update on. Then, of course, you're looking at a lot of admin, the back of KDP, you're checking your sales, you're you're judging off, you might be updating something in your book. So there's always something ongoing and um, I, I shall pledge to um to give better answers and more specific answers to this question each week. I read. think
0: I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with saying on a weekly basis, I've been writing, I've been doing this, yeah, I've been doing that. Yeah. Because you know we we hammer the message home quite a lot that you need to be writing. <laughs> yeah. You need to it, be writing. It is the danger. Even if yeah. it's it is the well, it's the day job for us. It might not be for, mm-hmm. for people who, who aren't doing it full time, but it's yeah. one of those things and always use the same um, metaphor mm. or metaphor, like sit comparison is probably a better word. It's the same with going to the gym. If you want to build muscles and you want to build momentum in like getting into shape or something, yeah, you need to do it as regularly and stick to it. It's the same with writing. You want to become a I've been proofing my books recently. I've been going through another oh, right. proofread. That's right, yeah. And so I've been rereading books I wrote five years ago And I'm like, well, I don't even know how this book sells (laughs) compared to what I write now. So I'm much better writer. I'm a much more confident writer. So I don't think it's bad. But yeah, I mean, we can always lift the lid a little bit more. Um, I know, you know, talk around marketing is always fascinating. However, before we go into my week, David, you did hit a milestone this week. Yes, I saw in your social media. It's worth celebrating.
1: Yeah, big one. Yeah, four hundred thousand book sales now. So I woke up. I knew it was coming. So I was counting down for the past couple of weeks. To, to get it but um, yeah and I realised as well that um, I was miscounting as I was mm. counting my book sales over the years because it's easy to look at KDP and go boom oh I, I've sold whatever amount can, you can actually get a lifetime worth of ebook uh-huh. downloads and paperbacks but I was totally forgetting about my um, hardback version of the Alex biography which uh-huh. I sold, uh, eighteen thousand over eighteen thousand, um, because it was a big hit in the Christmas when I brought it out. Remember, and yeah, because it's a gift product, it was the, it was the hardback that was really selling and making me, um, the profit. Um, so I forgot, yeah. and about two weeks ago, I went, oh jeez, I never counted that from Ingram's back because it's under a different account to my fiction books and Ingram. I have this Fergie stuff separated, and I went, oh, there's an extra eighteen thousand, and I realized then I was on uh, three hundred ninety-eight thousand something else, and I was just waiting on the countdown so i uh, woke up yesterday morning and it had uh, ticked over uh, so i'm delighted amazing yeah it's a good it's a good
0: milestone and um, i yeah. mean that's yeah. it's it's worth celebrating because that is i mean and it sounds massive um because you're, you're still a hundred thousand books away from selling half a million books yeah. half a million yeah but the thing is is you know you're going to hit that You know, you're going to hit that. I know I'm going to hit that at some point over the next year or two. But it's one of those things like what an achievement that is. Yeah. And, you know, we don't ever tell people what to do on this podcast. We tell people what we do. Yes. And what David B. Lyons has done. Has sold over four hundred thousand copies, so definitely yeah. listen to uh, to this man right yeah, here. Yeah. Well, well, actually, actually, do you know what? I,
1: don't fully listen to me because there's a bit of a cheat in that. Actually, I haven't stip- I think I've stipulated it to you, Rob, when I met you once. Um, <clears throat> so this figure also includes um page reads. So. Anytime mm-hmm. three hundred and twenty pages are read in my page read, I'm actually counting that as a sale because somebody has purchased I'm my book. Fine. Um, so I just wanted to say that um, that that's what it is. But I, I also, as soon as we're talking about the week that was, Rob, I'm worried about my page reads. Currently, live really? the last maybe the half the last half a year, it they they're totally plateaued, totally plateaued. I used to get it was always between maybe about 60,000 a day but when it was hot it was 100,000 a day or so and yeah. um, now I'm like 10,000 12,000 page reads a day and I'm obviously just something but we're going to have to talk about this on the podcast is there is something in the I'm not hitting the sharks you know the sharks that are on KU yeah. and they're just eating up bucks I'm just just I'm not in their sphere at the moment I don't know what it is and I'm gonna have to fight way back back into that
0: I think we will have a, we'll have a, we'll jump in and have a chat on that over yeah. an episode because yeah, I'm about it. Know, there, there are ways to reignite, um, you know, back catalogs and things like that. Um, yeah. So we can, we jump into that. Yeah, um, cheap, yeah. What did I say? Yeah. I um I started NaNoWriMo this week. Oh, so we're well, recording November, this on yeah. this, on this, on the second of November, we we're recording this. So yesterday, I made sure I—I I had a very busy day yesterday, but I still made sure I wrote one chapter. So I've already—I've started a new Sam Pope book. Um, I loved oh, it. Nice. I loved coming back to it. It was Crazy. nice to take a little break away. Um, yeah. And yeah, basically, over the, over the past few weeks, I've—I've I've had all my—I had a new proofreader join me about book nine, I think it was in the series. Yeah, and now I've had them going over the previous books, the previous eight. And thank God I did, because the amount of grammatical errors and things like that, they've picked up. So I've I've proofed about four books. And you know how much I hate doing that. So yeah. I'm on to book five now. So I'm near the end of that process. Oh, wow. And then obviously I've got um, Jack Townsend launching next Friday. And yeah, the buzz is starting to build for that a little bit. I've got a nice... I've given a few advanced copies out. Obviously, I've got my blog tour coming, which yes. I'll update everyone on. Yes. But I've got a few um, advanced copies with some friends of the show who have been on. And um, one of them, Mel Sherritt she uh, sent me back a glowing review yesterday. Nice. Um, about the book. So that's gone out on my social medias and stuff. So brilliant. Yeah. It's good. We've both been incredibly productive. And uh, let's jump in and talk about fan bases. Let's do it. In the our talking point, David, is another six tips. We know that these go down um, well with our listeners, mm-hmm. and I think it's always useful for us to just, you know, show behind the scenes of what we do in our business. So this week, we are doing six tips to build your fan base. Now, I know I've touched upon this numerous times. Over the podcast, this is how so it's a little caveat. This is how we've built our fan bases, right? This isn't the blueprint that everyone has to follow. There's you know, we've had unbelievable guests on for our seven questions who have blown our minds with some of the ways they've built their loyal fan bases. The way they, you know, we've had people smashing it on Goodreads, we've had people smashing it on. Um, numerous other platforms that we don't even really go near. Yeah. But this is six tips that you and I have put together that we swear by and that we stay on top of Mm -hmm. to make sure you're building and cultivating not just interest or sales in your books, but a, a dedicated and loyal fan base. Because without that, it's going to be very hard to continuously find new customers to sustain, you know, an income. That's why you need this fan base. People who would basically pick up pretty much anything you put out, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Having a healthy fan base is so key to your sort of launch because if you know that 200 people are definitely going to buy my book or 2,000 people are definitely going to buy whatever fan base you have built up, it's such a great cushion. It's a great starting point from that. And and Rob's dead right. I mean, because this is a creative business, there are a multitude of ways of playing the game, any creative way you can, oh. you, you can think of. So uh, th- this is how we have done it, Rob and I, and we've sort of hit off each other and gave each other tips. And in fact, Rob just had to give me a big tip just off air before we came on. I'm worried about my page reads, as I mentioned in the week that was, and we talked it out. So th- this is sort of how me and Rob have sort of, not only just built our fan bases, Rob, but what's key once you're sort of building a fan base is sort of maintaining it, isn't it?
0: Mm yes it's it's it's, like i said it's the keeping people not on the hook but keeping people interested yeah so um my my my, it was quite funny the other day um i had one of my best friends i've known him since we were 12 years old he came over for lunch with his wife and, and his little girl and they were our kids were playing together and i was chatting away with his um with his missus and my mate he turned to the sofa, um who's my wife obviously we know this on the show and he said to her, he goes what, what do you make of rob on facebook by the way and she was like what do you mean and he's like because i see him post something he goes and it's always like this really good looking ad or like a post about like oh you guys are brilliant or oh i've just written like another chapter i'm really excited for this he goes and people just like it and they're <laughs> commenting on it and people are saying can't wait and people are saying love your books he goes he goes like he goes it's, it's weird he goes because it's just rob he goes you know, yeah I've, I've played football with this guy i go for drinks <laughs> with this guy I, i've i've seen him be sick from alcohol in a bush somewhere with this guy he goes because it's just rob he goes but <laughs> these and i was like well that's the thing is is you can be someone's favourite author. You can do that. And to do yeah. that, you need to cultivate a fan base where people can relate to you, people can appreciate the work you put out, but then also people can follow you because they're, they're interested. We live in this world now of people who are more invested in kind of the people behind the scenes than the thing itself. So yeah. that's why it's so important to cultivate that fan base. It is. With independence
1: there has to be that sort of relatability, so it's it's normally brands. If we're, if we're going on businesses that aren't independent ordering, brands now that are set up that you find on the supermarket, they're not. They're often called Jane's sauces or something, or there's a story to them, you know. And on the back, you'll have a picture of the person who made the sauce, and you know mm-hmm. where they're from and a little, a little bio. Uh, so being that personable is good. But you, you mentioned social media there, um, Rob. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean that is the place to start, right? So we're giving you six tips. No. Tip number one is is your your social media is where you will sort of maintain and create and also sort of interact with your fan base, and that makes sense. You can pick your 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 platform of social media. Rob and I tend to be mostly predominant on Facebook. We found that's where our readership spends their time online. Yeah. Although yeah. I I am absolutely questioning Facebook now. I have four thousand followers on Facebook, when I put a post out, it's sometimes only hitting about six hundred or so of them. It's really not
0: yeah. reaching that fan base. So it, it's something um, Well that's the um isn't that the the the, the tip? And this is actually yeah. one I should probably slap my wrist for this is I haven't I maintain this as much as I should. Um yeah. but Facebook now will, yeah they'll ask you to boost a post. If you create a group, I think <laughs> visibility on a group is better than a liking a page well what's key um, with group is you can at everyone mm-hmm. on a group
1: so when you're putting a post out on a group you can at everyone and they will get to see it I might deny them but they, yeah. they will definitely get to see it whereas a page um, it's really only shown to about 12% 15% some sometimes it will it will show a thousand people my and yeah. or my post but uh, mostly it's just a few hundred which is a shame because I have 4,000 followers
0: Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it's still showing it to that many people. But I guess what's the important part of the social media thing is how you act on social media, not how the social media platforms act. Exactly. All these social media platforms, no matter what people think of them, they've all been designed and built to build up the biggest databases in the world for free and then charge you to reach the people that's all they are yeah. twitter's the same or x as it's called now yeah instagram's the same tiktok's the same yeah um snapchat i've never used snapchat in my life it's all about the same. owning data all these it's owning data that's what it yeah. is so i guess you can't control that what you can control is your behaviour on um, social media and how you interact with your fan base. Yeah. Um, so you, there's, a, there's a few things that you you have to do,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely things you have to do. So um, it's very simple. Interacting on all your ads is a really key thing to do on Facebook or, or wherever you're, you're advertising. Because if somebody le- leaves a comment saying, great book, don't just like it, love it, and say, oh, really appreciate you saying that, Joanna. Thanks very much. Um, you could say then say, if you could please leave that review on Amazon. I'd be very grateful. Or you can please try the next in the series, or you know, please try. If you like this book, you might like this one, which is my case because like, you mostly write in um standalones. So that type of thing, yeah. and and doing that consistently with every comment that you get on any whether it's an ad or a post that you've put out there, that's key because every time you're commenting it's almost like reposting it other people will, will get it you're, 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 you're creating the circles going quicker and it's going to feed into yeah. more people so definitely doing that is key tip isn't it What and I think if you can be consistent on Facebook Rob as in have a voice as in this is sort of the tone I'm going to go with for my Facebook following and um whatever that may be I do an awful lot of sort of pop culture thing like we're talking about movies and TV shows and all that Um. Which gets decent interaction i mean it's not that's not very novel, it's not unique that i and no. i i'm I'm always giving consideration to changing my voice or at least even having a structure that Monday I post about this Tuesday, I post about this, you know and i yeah. I, I, I think I think we spoke about this, Rob pictures of ourselves selfies work yeah, they at do the well. work and they really tend to work I think that I think that what our readers want are certainly what I've experienced my readers want and different ages, different readership groups will be different again. So don't always do what Rob and I are doing because it might not work for you. But um I think giving them behind the scenes access is is what they like.
0: And that's that's the the point we made at the beginning. It gives people the chance to to kind of relate to you. That's the thing. If yeah. I you know, I, I I put a picture up of me constructing a climbing frame. And I got loads of I got loads of readers digging me out saying, How long is it gonna take you to do that? Like, yeah, do you know yeah, I mean? But yeah. it's fine, because I, I then interact with them all. Yes. I then interact with them all and you have like running jokes with some of your readers who follow you and things like that. I mean, we I I'm gonna say now the, the biggest thing you can use, the reason why it's so good is you can get your um followers and stuff involved and it becomes like a weapon, like David mentioned there about like when you launch a book. You can rely on these people to shoot it up the charts and get more organic eyes and more organic sales. That's what's happening with me with my Jack Townsend book. I'm entering a new genre and I've already got loads of pre-orders based purely from people who follow my Facebook or my mailing list because I haven't put any marketing out for it. So these things are really, really useful. Um, but I mean, we can't talk just about social media today. So what I will say is, we did a, a six tips on social media, where like David did some brilliant stuff about finding your platform that meets your genre, and some more tips of how me and David have built our our like social media following over time. So that was episode thirty-seven. Yeah, nearly twenty weeks ago. That, that's <laughs> mad. Um, but. But I'll, so I'd, I'd recommend if people want to go really deep into how you and I do what we do on social media go and listen to episode 37 after you've listened to this one um tip number two is you can use your back of your books to create intrigue and to almost l- like lead people to becoming like mega fans of your books and and of you as an author and it's it's a completely free thing to do it's 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 your book people have already paid for it and then you have the opportunity there to to get them to kind of join you on the journey and that's how you kind of want to sell people on it i yeah. think yeah absolutely yeah it, it, if at the very tail end of the book with,
1: that you've written which hopefully they've really enjoyed and um, there is a hook for them to almost become a fan or to figure out what's this author doing next or what what's this guy up to. So um, your back matter can be key to, um, you know, hooking somebody into your social media circle or hooking them into your newsletter uh, net, which we're going to go into um, in, as the next tip. Or, or, or at least, you know, I, I drive an awful lot of them to my YouTube following and from there, they're sort of hooked uh-huh. back into the other places because my, some of my books, my back matter ends with a video of me sort of explaining the process of the book. Um. So, yeah. Back, back matter. Front and back matter is somewhere you can hook readers into your net of um of fan base.
0: Yeah, and it's it's there for you to do. It. Like I said, I mean, a lot of these tips we've probably gone into in a bit more detail on a whole episode. But these six tips here with things that you and I stick at. To build our fan base, and that is one of them. Like my, I I won't go into all the ins and outs of what you need to have in your back now, but the first thing I have when someone goes past the final page of the book, they've got a link. Sign up here, get a couple of free books. Yeah, if you like Sam Pope, I've got a couple of free Sam Pope prequel novellas that will save you about four pounds or six dollars. Click here and get your free books. And then if they swipe past that, they're given a list of books like, boom, here's a massive list of books of Sam Pope. Here's box sets, here's novellas. Then it's, I mean, I don't even go into anything really about me until I'm just kind of showing them this is all the stuff I'm offering you. Here you go, bang, bang, bang. And that's the thing, we're in this content generation where, you know, you're almost blinding them going like, well, I've got to get involved here. Look how much stuff there is. And you're assuming if someone's got to the end of the book, they've kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, so absolutely. Well, that's the aim. This is all the theory in play. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the aim. Um, but yeah, so I mean, way back in episode seven, David, we went into the specifics of what you need to have and how you kind of set that up and the yeah. mechanics of offering reader magnets. So we won't go in that into that now, but I'd say tip one: get shit hot on of all these tips. Get shit hot on your social media if you want yeah. to build a fan base. Tip two. Make sure the back of your book is created to benefit you um, to build that fan base. So, absolutely. Well, you've just kind of gave us a hint. Tip three. It's quite yeah. an obvious one. But... It
1: is an obvious one, Um yeah. So it's it's newsletter and maintaining an e- an email newsletter list or an email list, which you probably well, not that you probably you definitely should be linking to in your back matter um, mm-hmm. at some stage. It might be the lead link, like Rob's lead link is to the series, which makes an awful lot of sense. And but maybe it's a secondary link for you. But 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 you, what you're trying to do is build an email uh list, and the reason that is key and even more key over social media is because you own it. So mm-hmm. if you have 5,000, I've now got 8,000 actually on my email list, 60. Two sixty-three percent open rate. It's not huge. I need to cull that. I'm gonna cull it. It'll probably come down a couple of yeah. thousands. Um, but I own that data. That's data I own. Whereas your Facebook or your TikTok or your Instagram, your social media that we talked about in tip one, that's data owned by Mark Zuckerberg and AL. Uh-huh. Um, so if you own your email list, you have access to these people anytime you want. You can send out an email, and it's really key cultivation of your readership or your fan base even more so than facebook or certainly this is my experience of it because i'm getting emails dropping back and forth and I, and I actually have relationships with some of my super fans you want to call them yeah. dolls which yeah. is what david gochran calls um the fan base who are really invested and in, you know they'll buy anything you put out and and they want to know the process and they want to know all this type of thing and um, so my email list is key to me Rob. before you sort of said that oh I wish I handled that area of it better. That was a few months back. Have you massaged your email newsletter in the time since?
0: Yeah, I've 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 been a bit better, you know, doing a regular right. monthly q r m newsletter. Um I've culled it as well. There was a lot of unopens. I just sent a message out saying, you want to stay on this, click this button. If not, ignore it and you'll just come off my mailing list. And right. again, I, you know, I kept I kept some of them, but I don't want people who don't want to be there on my list. Uh, but yeah, it's a really useful tool. Um, I'll give you a good example. So I've been using... So yeah this, is, yeah, this is just clever thinking, David. I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back. Yes. I've offered um, an entire 12 books signed... Sam Pope collection as a competition. Great! The one, I usually do like when I hit a thousand reviews, I I give away a free copy of that book. Yeah. Um, or when I hit like a milestone, I usually do a paperback, and then I do another one when I launch a book. Blah blah blah. But what I did is I was like twelve Sam Pope books, all signed. The only way to enter is to pre-order Jack Townsend. Oh,
1: because great. you guys
0: have been, you guys have been so instrumental in helping me bring Sam hope to life and to build a career off it i now hope you'd like to do the same with my next series so to thank you for doing that you could win this competition i put it out on my social media and i got like i've had a few hundred or so you know downloads of of pre-orders of jack townsend and i got a few emails of the pre-orders blah 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 and then i sent it out on my mailing list so this is direct yeah. into people's inboxes. So yeah. the, I, David said, you could have thousands of people on your Facebook page. Not all of them are going to see your posts. Mm-hmm. I send this out on my mailing list to a dedicated list of people who have said they want to hear from me. Oh, I started just getting emails, emails, emails. I think yeah. I like quadrupled my um, uh, entrance to the competition because not everyone's going to enter it. Yeah. Which is fine. But I think i got like the amount of entrance because yeah. they're my fans and this is what I can do. And this is what a mailing list can do. So, again, we've had a whole episode dedicated to what kind of providers you should use, what kind of automation you should have. That is episode, uh, David, do you know? Newsletter 22. Episode 22. Yeah, all so, about newsletters. Episode. Yeah.
1: So do get get on that. Yeah, if you're sitting at home and you haven't cultivated your newsletter and you think, oh, what's the point? I've only got 38 people on it. That's the seed. Water it. Let it grow.
0: Yeah,
1: perfect. Okay, Um, so
0: tip four, Rob. Tip four. This is a really quick one. I'm going to say this tip now and I guarantee you one of our friends of the show is going to start tutting, right? So (laughs) this is about getting yourself on Goodreads. Mm. And the reason Claire C. Riley, friend of the show, is going to be tutting is she told me off the other week because one of my books wasn't on there so I had kind of let yeah. my standards slip a little bit on Goodreads um but I got it all fixed though in the um Goodreads Facebook group which is a wonderful place yeah. um but I'm not going to go too much onto Goodreads because I'm actually going to say we have two resources that people should just go and read and listen to if they want to know. Actually, listen to it first and then read the thing afterwards. Because if you listen to episode five, so right back when we started this podcast, we had Claire on and she built pretty much her entire fan base and her independent author career off of Goodreads, which was a place David and I pretty much stayed away from. Yeah, neglected. Say, yeah, yeah, Neglected for a long time. So, if you go and listen to her seven questions, it's you can hear the moment when David and my minds get blown. Yeah. And then Claire was good enough to um, provide a checklist of all the things she does and why she does them. And that's on our website, www2 So, that's basically all I'm going to say. Get yourself on Goodreads. Yeah. Make sure all your books are on there. Make sure your author profile looks good, all that stuff. Then go and listen to Claire's kind of walk through on how she uses it and then get the checklist to make sure you're doing it all because that will have an impact. The amount of reviews I've now got on Goodreads has skyrocketed since I've put into place wow. some of the things she said.
1: Yeah, that, that's interesting because I remain guilty of neglecting Goodreads. Um, and didn't well, you can get, hear her
0: tutting now, can't yeah, you? Yeah,
1: definitely tutting. Um, I've been terrible at it. So um, it's still on my list, my to-do list. So I'm definitely going to get on that. I'm going to go back over the episode, episode five, and then I'm going to get onto that uh, checklist that she was so kind to write up for us. That's at the top of our Facebook group and on our website. Um, yeah, yeah, cultivating a Goodreads following is a, is a big, big tip. Uh-huh. Um, tip number five, then, to build your fan base is build a subscription model. and uh... this, is, this is the new way of generating some revenue through your fan base that seems to be a bit of all the rage, so much so that in, in two weeks' time, we're actually going to have guests onto the show to talk to us about subscription models. Now, Rob yeah. and I have not yet ex- exercised this to build our fan base, but I guess... Inter, uh, interviewing um, Reem guys the guys from Reem I'm going to go into that in more detail actually in a couple of weeks it, it'll be a fascinating eye-opening um, interview even for Rob and I who are conducting it hmm. But it, so this is something that when we had Joanna Penn on the show I think it, oh it was I was going to say I think it yeah. was about Five or six episodes ago, it was six episodes ago because it was for episode all, fifty. Episode fifty. That's why Joanna came on yeah. to celebrate her half century. She spoke specifically about how to earn money on your auto career off Amazon, so selling mm-hmm. directly and through these sort of subscription models, which is where you sort of entice your fan base, Rob. Uh-huh. to follow you on this subscription model where they're probably seeing your work in progress or behind the scenes access. Or this will be different for every author. So if you're in, we had a great Rory Ray on last week uh, who's a children's book and writer and illustrator. So can you imagine his subscription model, what he could entice his fans with, with sort of these sort of caricatures, which he did a brilliant one of you and I that we've just posted on our our social (laughs) this morning. Uh, It was great. Thanks, Rory. So imagine what he could do to entice people to pay him maybe five, six, 10, 15 pounds a Uh month for access to see what he is doing and how he is working. And this is a huge model, not just in... For in the orders at the moment, but subscription models is just what's
0: hot for revenue generating now. It's massive. I mean, we're not, I mean, by all you know, people do what you want as long as you're, you know, doing it within the law. We're not saying go do an OnlyFans, (laughs) (laughs) but um, more like I've I've kind of started looking into a bit of Patreon, I've kind of started thinking, like, what can I offer? Readers that I don't offer them already, what could I you know, what could I what could I justify charging them a monthly fee for? Yeah. But then my brother, who I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, he runs his own independent video game business. That's right. Yeah. He had a really successful Patreon for years. Because ah. he can offer you know visuals uh visual stuff and things like that so i guess it's a little bit you know what do i currently offer on my social media and this is this is i'll be perfectly honest and this is where i can't wait to have the Reen guys on to talk about this is my quandary of why i haven't jumped headfirst into patreon yeah is when i have tip number one on here and i say the most important one is you know being as active as possible on social media what do i take away from that Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. to monetize in patreon then does that tip the balance and things like that so again we're saying it's worth going into this thing because it is all the rage and you listen to joanna Penn, and you can listen to loads of people who do this and it seems to work i have at the moment just a few dots to connect i think i think people should be thinking about this um and what they could offer to to because Only your most loyal fans are going to start paying you a monthly fee. Yeah. And if you can build that and build that and build that, not only do you get this ridiculous new income come through, but at the same time, you would just be cultivating this exclusivity and these mega fans who are paying to be there. So it's definitely one that's worth doing. And like David said, I think you said in a couple of weeks time, we've got some experts coming on the show. So that'll be... I, I think can't a really wait
1: good idea. Ask them to join the dots for you there, Rob. You're talking about and, and literally just ask these guys: what are authors? Because this is this is a subscription model set up by authors for authors. I want to ask: what are authors doing to entice this sort of uh, uh, monetary investment from from these fans? So so we'll, join, we'll try to join those dots. That's going to be episode fifty eight that we're recording in the middle of November. That's what, really, and we're looking forward okay. to that one. What's the next tip there, Rob?
0: So the final tip, the final tip we're going to do, and this is one I do this, I'm going to hold my hands up now and say I do this, is you should stalk like-minded authors. Now, when I say stalk, I don't mean, no, turn up outside their house, peep through their bushes and things like that. Like I said, keep it all within the law. But (laughs) what you should be doing is if you see someone who is achieving or doing what you want to be doing and... They are in your genre because, remember, you always need to make sure you're, you're looking at the right people. Find out what they're doing. Follow them on social media. Join their groups. Join their, follow their official Facebook page or their Instagram. See the type of ways they're interacting with their uh, fan base. See the types of things they're posting, the type of marketing they do. Join their mailing list. I'm yeah. on about eight very well-known independent authors' mailing lists because I like to see what they're putting out each month, how they format it, how they talk to their readers. And again, this is all free. You don't have to pay for this thing. I will just urge people, be inspired by what you see. Yes. So just copy it flat out because all you'll be doing then is showing people something similar to something they already like, if that makes sense. So if I was to... So I'm going into a detective series. If I was to do everything, say, LJ Ross did, you know, similar covers, similar marketing, people would just go, this looks like LJ Ross. I'll just go read her because I know her already. So, Yeah, but it's also... There's
1: there's so many variables in who the fan base is uh, that
0: anybody just
1: going, I'm going to do what they did, they're starting off on the wrong track anyway because it's going to be slightly different. There's no way two authors no two authors are the same and the fan bases are, are going to splinter in a, a variety of different ways so you yes. need to if you're creative enough to write a book you have to be creative enough to figure all this sort of stuff out how can i reach out to the fan base how can i give them uh, something of value
0: yeah and i think looking at authors so if you if you do action thriller stuff follow me Follow me, come join, you know, I'm shilling for silence to my mailing list, I'm not. But, you know, if you want to see what I'm doing, join my mailing list for a couple of weeks, for a couple of months, and then, you know, get inspired. We've had loads of people from my genre on here. We've had people like Stephen Taylor, um, A.P. Bateman. They all do the similar stuff. Follow them. Um, David is a psychological thriller writer. If you write in the same thing, have a look at what David's doing and just... Be inspired by people who are doing this type of thing, see how they're doing it, and then just start implementing similar stuff into your own kind of daily or weekly or monthly practices. So whether that's daily on social media, monthly on newsletter or stuff like that, but just you know, the information's there, you just gotta kinda of go and look for it. Too And I just want to sell a lot more books But I can't work out my Facebook ads I just want to sell a lot more books I just want to sell a lot more books And I just want to sell a lot more books So I'll ask the mail back Wow, that's the mayor back. R.I.P. to meatloaf. (laughs) R.I.P., there you go. That That was was probably the most Meatloaf covered by Ronan Keating. That's what that sounded like. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. That's probably the nicest thing you've said to me uh, since I've sung in your face. Uh, um, (laughs) But yes, it is time for the mailbag, David. And we have a question that has been sent in from Kevin Willis. I believe he emailed this one in um, and you've put this in on the notes. And that is the two indie authors say it is important to invest in your book covers. Mm -hmm. We do say that because yep. it is important. Uh, my money is a bit tight right now. Is it advised that we can purchase pre-made covers? So, very good question.
1: Yeah, that is a good question. It sounds like a simple question, but it's, it's a good one because there must be so many authors at that stage where they're just starting out and they're hmm. thinking, how much can I invest and what's going on? And these two idiots on the podcast are telling me I have to invest so much in a professional book cover designer and professional editor and proofreader. Um, we do, but there are ways around it Rob so um, what, what, what is, is it Kevin yeah sorry yeah, Kevin. Like, Kevin what Williams. Kevin has asked there is can we purchase pre-made covers that's one way around it we don't say you have to spend a thousand pounds and be um, to be professional because a pre-made book cover is a professional book cover made it's mm-hmm. just already made, so now you can get it for cheaper. You're not getting a bespoke one, certainly for you. And so you're still getting a professional book. And it's more be professional, isn't it, Rob, is our advice yes. rather than spend thousands.
0: Yeah, so it's, 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 you don't have to. I mean, it's nice to be in a position now where I can get my covers made and I can sit and I can talk to my book cover designer. But yeah. So I use a company called The Cover Collection. I'm going to give them a shout out because they've been fantastic. Right. But, my Sam Pope book covers, they're bespoke. Like We've worked on those, and, and same Rounding. as my Jack Townsend ones and my Bermuda ones. But I'm actually going to take people back. My book, One by One, the first book I ever wrote, my brother did a cover for me. Then um, I had a publisher, you remember, and I told you I found the same yeah. cover they used on another book. Um, so <laughs> I found the cover collection. And what a pre-made cover is, is when, say, someone makes a book cover for someone, they probably do about two or three designs. Because they get given the genre, they get given this. So if you're a psychological thriller, they'll come up with three potential psychological thriller type covers. And then David here will pick the one he likes and then they'll go away and they'll work on that. They'll do some revisions on that. The other two that David discarded, that designer, if they've got a big, you know, got a big enough website and they do this, they'll take those covers. Change the titles of them, change the author name to like just something a bit bland or something just no one they know, and then they'll sell them. Because then what you can do is you can take the design and you can change the title and the author name to yourself. You can't really do much along the lines of, oh, I want to change these colors. I want to change the imagery. Mm-hmm. But that's why they stick these up. So I bought One by One, the cover for One by One. It was pre-made. So, they then sell it to me and they don't sell it anymore to anyone else. So, I have my own unique cover for one by one, and I paid like 60 quid for it, 70 quid. And just, you know, over the years since I've done that, that book sold loads. Like, I've never marketed it, but the cover makes people stop on Amazon and have a look at it. So, I'd say if money is tight, and we know it is for a lot of people at the moment, the way the world is and stuff, if you're looking to save some money somewhere, but you still want to remain remain professional, go on these um, book cover websites, look at their pre-mades and then just reach out to them and speak to them about what you can do with it. And you could end up with a really good cover for the least amount that you're willing to spend, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does indeed. And I know Rob and I
1: often go on about branding and your branding should be sort of uh-huh. evident in your book cover. What you can do there in that instance, if you're buying a pre-made cover is your the font of your byline or the font of your uh, title that- can be your branding okay so you can just have uh-huh. a new image every book but that same sort of typeface and um, that that screams at the reader that that links this as, as a brand so yeah um very best of luck Kevin uh, in your your ventures we, we wish you all the best here at TIA stay listening to the show and of course thanks uh, very much for sending that question in,
0: Two in the author.
1: Okay, Rob. It is time for the seven questions, and on this week's show, we have a wonderful guest, an award-winning cozy crime writer, Don Brooks. Don, thank you so much for giving us your time today.
2: You're welcome. Pleasure to be here.
1: Oh, it's 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 our pleasure. We can't wait to get um your insight here into these seven questions. And um, but before we do that, uh, Don, can your books look amazing? By the way. A, a, Great series of cozy crime murder mysteries. Um, Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your author career so far, and how many books is it actually you have had published?
2: Okay, well, I I just literally launched a few weeks ago my twentieth novel. Wow, round of applause! Um, And I also had three memoirs, which is where I began. Oh, nice! um, Back in twenty sixteen, I retired from nursing and, and decided to write a memoir about mm-hmm. my nurse training wow. and that really relit re the bug for writing actually because I'd always loved writing as a child but you can imagine 40 years as a nurse there wasn't a lot of time for yeah. anything like that so um, so yeah so I sorry I'm good Quim, May, you can edit this out now, right. You're okay. um, Sorry about that. Um, So, yeah, so then I decided to write novels, which is actually what I'd always wanted to do. And being a fan of clean crime rather than uh, graphic crime, um... I decided to go along. I didn't actually know what Cozy Mystery was, actually, at the time. Right. But in 2018, Mm -hmm. I penned my first Cozy Mystery set on a cruise ship because I love cruising. Great. And uh, we're now 13 books into that Cozy Cruise Ship Mystery, Um, five books into um, an octogenarian cozy mystery and three books into a private investigator of so more crime fiction but still still relatively cozy
0: awesome. fantastic that's amazing i mean for i mean first off actually i'm well done on four years as a yes. as a nurse i think that's incredibly yeah, commendable that. but yeah, i'm always a massive supporter of uh the healthcare system i think it's 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 you yeah, know Credit to everyone who's in it. Um, but also, i just like to say, oh, incredible that, you know, you did your first, what did you say it was 2018? Yeah,
2: 2016 was my first memoir. My first novel mm. was in 2018 and I've written 20 novels since. So wow, wow, 20 wow. And
0: five years. So you go. Know, it's just a good champion for, you know, being prolific and things like that. So yes. a massive, massive congratulations to you. I'm fascinated to hear um, how you've gone about that over the last five years, um, because like David said, they look great, sound great. Um, so let's jump straight into the seven questions. I'll go first with question okay. number one, which is Are you a full time author?
2: I am. Um, obviously, initially, when I first penned a memoir, I, I, I retired. Well, I certainly mm. retired. I went back part time. Uh, in 2018, I stopped altogether. What was it twenty sixty anyway I stopped uh, so i did, <laughs> so i didn't initially make a living from writing
1: right uh, I but
2: I had a little bit of money to invest uh, in into my writing career and then but now obviously I make a full time living and um, more than I ever am as a a senior and a,
0: yes amazing
1: yeah yeah all that amazing work yeah and 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 that's incredible really big fans of of the process you've gone through Don Um, question two asks about one of the steps we have to go through when we're deciding how to publish our books have you decided to go um what's it called (laughs) with Amazon either exclusive exclusive or wide (laughs) exclusive it skipped my mind there for a second I just went blank have you decided to be exclusive with Amazon or have you gone wider retailing with your e-books
2: I decided from the very beginning to stay exclusive with Amazon with e-books,
0: yeah, mm-hmm.
2: um, obviously print and um, audio books I'm um, everywhere.
1: You're wired, nice.
2: But yeah, but um, but with e-books, I decided to to learn one thing well. Initially, that was the idea, and then yeah. maybe to go wide. But but because I make um, about fifty percent plus of my income from being exclusive.
0: Yeah, the page I've read. I see
2: no need to, yeah. to take the plunge and go wide, although I have pulled my nursing memoirs out of uh, exclusivity. Yeah, because they don't
1: need to be there because um, they can be offered wide, whereas with your series, you're building that read-through consistently through yeah. these page reads. Like Robert's model is quite similar, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah and, and box like sets it. and everything else. So that read-through is really important yeah. because... Uh,
0: Yeah, it's It's absolutely like nail on the head. It's basically mirrors my one, which was getting really good at one of the platforms and then go wide. But then actually you get so good at one platform, you become almost reliant on it for half your income. And it's, do do, do I try and go across all of them and and try and make that 50% up there? Are you Um, at that level, Rob? If you don't mind me asking,
1: is yours about 50%? Is your income Uh, generation Amazon about 50 or 45
0: maybe? For me, it's about fifty
2: or sixty. Oh, the is island. it? Yeah, I think
1: yeah. the one you said yours was about fifty, didn't you? Yeah, similar. Uh, I'm down at thirty yeah. percent. So yeah, yeah, even less. I think so. I yeah, there's something mm. there. I think it's the ser- writing in series really lends itself to KU, but of course, we ask mm. everybody
0: to to test and, and find out where they can do best. Sure. Yes, yeah, so- I. Those are the first few questions. We always ask those. This is the third question. This is where we start getting a little bit more under the hood and find a little bit more. So question number three, Dawn, is name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without.
2: I've listened a few times and I know authors really struggle to name one (laughs) Uh, Mm service because there are... uh, It's like we all have a toolbox that we use. Yeah. But I guess... um, um, I was going to say vellum, but actually, I I can format books myself. Obviously, it's a lot easier with vellum. Yeah. Um, but I can do it. I have a template. So Scrivener to me is the go-to. No. Yeah. I write in Scrivener. It organises me. It keeps me, particularly when you've got repeating characters. Um, it it keeps me on track. Uh, with all the same interesting so Don uh, Robert hasn't been converted
1: yet Um, I was converted about 18 months ago to Scrivener is it, uh, it's, <laughs> is it the fact that on, on one so you have a a, a panel on the left hand side of your actual writing document and within that panel Rob you've lists of folders so you could have you that? know you could have notes on one character or notes on this is what episode or yeah, B- book one in the series was so. Is that how you utilize Scrivener? to it's best on you. You've got lots of folders open in one dock I,
2: I've got I've got lots of folders, and I include things like like for the cruise ship, for instance. I I throw an itinerary in there so that I don't have to keep trying to remember where the character's going to go. Right, uh, I throw. Sure, Des- destinations in there. Yeah, in the research folder, all my characters are listed, and obviously, I just transferred the old ones over and add new ones for each each book. Uh-huh. And then I and you can move chapters around if you decide. Well, actually, I don't think that fits there anymore. You just when I yeah. used to use Word, trying to go back and and yeah, find stuff um, and change it. I felt I was always absolutely I'm a real fan of Scribner. Yeah, I have learned to
1: love it. I found I was always scrolling back up my document in word and and where Scribner was just a click of a button. But yeah, it's 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 a good answer to that question actually. It's it's Mm -hmm. a piece of software created for writers specifically. So definitely want to test that. I think you can test it out for free before you purchase. So um, that's worth looking into. Question four, Don is asks, how do you market your books?
2: Okay. Um, this was moved. Um, I used to be mostly Amazon ads. Right. Um, but Amazon ads are so difficult to get your head around, and and yep. unlike some authors, I couldn't spend a fortune on like Amazon ads. Yeah, but you don't always uh, see the fruit. So I do use Amazon ads in the background. I run brand protecting Amazon ads. Right. But now it's almost all Facebook ads. I have obviously got a mailing list as well, but, but Facebook ads are what I use and have used for the past six to nine months and they've made a real difference. And like to Robert, my author like Robert's um, strategy, are you aiming at
1: advertising book one and perhaps books one to three in the as a as a trilogy? box set?
2: Actually, no, I, I'm just book one. I, just book one, I I yeah. advertise book one, uh, both. Uh, the box sets do okay by themselves. Um, yeah. I'd rather, to be honest, sell 13 books than a box set of 10, although I'm happy to sell a box set of 10 as well. Yeah. And, for it, and I've obviously got box sets of three. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, book one, of. My Racial Prince Mystery Series, mostly. Uh I've just started, since I launched book three of the Carlos Jacopi, I've just started running out for his theories and that's really taken off great uh, i'm only advertising those in the uk yeah and um and then i will be advertising lady marjorie as we in the run-up christmas for book One, ready for the new year when people want to fill their kindles with um yeah series
0: yeah. yes i mean it's a it's a great um answer there and the what it does is it kind of ticks the three main ones we always champion on the show of facebook ads amazon ads and your mailing list um and a couple of points is the thing you said there about not marketing to your uh box set so i do box sets in in batches of three mm. i think mm. i said to david earlier funnily enough although i market to book the box set one Box set two, books four to six, is a much bigger seller for me. So I guess people are kind of dipping their toe in, at, yeah, you know, buying the book one book on its own. And then once yeah. they're in, they'll then buy the box sets because they save a little bit of money. But the sure. the one point I really wanted to make that you said there that our listeners should take away is when you said you run brand protecting ads on Amazon, um, which is yes. really important and that's where you target yourself, right? And that's where yeah it means yeah. although you're paying to appear on your own book page, yeah. you're filling up all the advertising space on yeah. those pages yeah. with yeah. your branding. And it's really important because um it kind of just keeps how many times it the seven types of marketing, whatever the more you see something, the more it implants in your head you go look at it. So um really Excellent um, advice on how you're marketing. It's one that we, I think, a lot of our listeners should definitely uh, listen. Um, question and five. I
2: also use raw you... targeting for Facebook ads. Yes. I don't do. Oh, do you? I don't. Yeah, I don't do specific targeting. I I um, used to do no. um, specific targeting, but now i found broad targeting works much better it seems to work better at the moment with facebook's algorithm although obviously i'll keep an eye on it yeah um, yeah i mean i do target obviously male or female country and a but that's right. the mm. only targeting i do because
0: we we had matt holmes on a few episodes back oh um, yeah, yeah. And he's, not, he's yeah. a massive well, name and know. champion Yeah, he's a massive champion of this um, broad targeting, allowing Facebook to to basically pick your audience Mm. for you. I've had a different experience to the one you're having because I've dabbled in that. And I actually, I've had some very successful targeted ads and the broad one sort of hemorrhaged me some money for a bit. But again, it goes Mm. to show that there's, so many different ways to do it but as long yeah. as you're doing it and testing it you kind of find out the the best way yeah
2: yeah and obviously stop it if if it's well, not yeah. working yeah. for you yeah. because facebook will spend all your money yeah
0: you'll always spend your budget uh as yes. a real important note everyone needs to know that amazon as might not spend your budget facebook will take your money yeah, readily literally. um question five, we'll move on from marketing yeah. now or well, maybe not, it depends, depends what the answer to this question is, what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the outset?
2: I think it's cool that again, there's a ton of things isn't there, you do, you make so many mistakes when you start out and I did anyway, <laughs> I mm-hmm. made everything mistake. So. but I guess uh, pastons, learning that this is a marathon, not a sprint, mm-hmm. I think too many people think that they're going to make a living with the first book um uh-huh. or 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 you know make a i mean and and wonderful if you do that i you know hats off and i'd love to do that myself but but yeah, I think just pacing myself uh, learning that it's a marathon and not a sprint. Uh, the, the independent publishing it's unlike traditional publishing where they have to they want to make their money back very quickly yeah. in a, the indie world you make your money back lower low and steady is the race like the tortoise but your income goes up and up and up
1: Yes, <laughs> so right. it's, it's all right. Whereas with
2: traditional publishing, usually their income goes down and down and down. <laughs> yes, I
1: think we said that on the first show, didn't we, Rob? That a traditional publishing, they will market your book heavily for the first month or so as it's released. And then that's it. That's it. It goes away then. They're not investing any more money. Whereas we, as owners of our IP, we can continuously market. And as you say, that it's a great tip. Um, it, it, to really be patient because you can build yeah. and build momentum as an independent author um, it, what, what's your biggest frustration as an indie author is question six Dawn.
2: Um, I mean I suppose along similar lines really I think that, that, that too many people have this shiny object to this syndrome and, mm. and Rush and want to run before they can walk. I mean, I've seen it in nursing as well. Yeah. You'd get what we used to call writers and staph nositis, you know, and the minute somebody gets to a certain position, they expect yeah. the world to come to their feet. And I think that's quite frustrating in in the indie world. And, and obviously the way that it's still not as badly frowned upon, but it's still looked down upon a little bit from certain circles...
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a common frustration, especially with the amount of doors that some of the massive independent authors have kicked down over the mm. years and the high quality yeah. of independent authors that are putting out high quality stuff. I think that is a common one. But I think you're one there about the, the patience and the I see that a lot. David and I, I think we've kind of mm. stopped doing it. It used to be like almost like a weekly feature of me getting irate at someone on Facebook saying like, <laughs> oh, I've released two books and I'm not a millionaire yet. This is a closed yeah, yeah. game. It's like, well, no, it's not. You're just not doing it properly. But again, like you said, you know, you've been so prolific over your sort of five years now as an independent fiction author. You know, I always say nothing so much a book more than your next book. You know, David's saying like, test, test, test your ads and that's all the things you've done and now you get to make this wonderful income off of your books. So Exactly. I, mean, I mean, credit mean, to not, you.
2: not to six figures in five years, I think is... is- Wonderful! I Incredible. Mean, yeah. For any business, yeah. Uh, yeah, to I'm, get to get to that, I think they'd be very proud, and and people should just slow down a bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, and actually, and let see. the money come in when it's ready. Yeah.
0: yeah, see the bigger picture. That's always the thing for me. And see the bigger picture. Mm. It's not just about the first book. It's about how many books you're planning yeah. on doing and getting there, and sticking sticking yeah. the course. But. That's obviously advice I give pretty much every week. Before we let you go, Dawn, and this has been a fantastic uh, discussion with you. I could mm-hmm. talk to you for hours. Thank you. Question number seven, final question is what's the one piece of advice that you would give to our listeners?
2: I think basically, to, similar to what the lines that you guys are on, tweet, tweet your author's uh, life as a business. Take your time to to learn and market and and try to focus on a f- just a few things rather than trying to spin too many plates in the air. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think many authors think, right? Well, I've got to be on Facebook, I've got to be on TikTok, I've got to be on um, Instagram, I've got to yeah. be on X, is it called Nana? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and they just get so overwhelmed I think and bobbed down with all that and then of course I've got to be a millionaire in six months so it's slow down don't uh, don't compare yourself with other authors either Mm -hmm. Um, you know authors aren't your competitors they're your colleagues and friends by all means admire people who are further ahead than you but don't Try, I mean, try to emulate them in the good things, but don't try to be somebody else and don't get jealous and protective and silly about it. Um, I mean, I, I, I saw, saw or oh, listened to Joanna Penn's interview on your channel and Joanna, I mean, she's got her fingers in so many pies yeah. that that could, I mean, that's wonderful for Joanna. hmm but that could also overwhelm people yeah. as they think, oh, I've got to do that. Yes. Um, and actually, no, get get good at what you're doing first. Very good. Become successful. And I think Joanna would say that anyway.
1: Yeah, You um, would, yeah.
2: Get successful. Build build your email list. Start slowly and then start to diversify I mean, obviously, Joanna feels very strongly about wide, Uh, so she diversified right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. But, But for others, it might be best to start exclusive and diversify depending on where your business takes you.
1: It's such um, good advice because um, yeah. it really is about building the business that you can handle. I personally wouldn't be able yeah. to handle Joanna's business myself. I, I, don't, oh. I don't have that many hours in the day. Uh, and, uh, it, 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 it's, she's a bit like Beyonce in this world. Uh, she's, I, think she's, I think Joanna has 28 hours a day. I think that's how it works. Um, yeah. But I really love, and, and Rob and I have championed this, one, another great piece of advice there that you seem to skip through that went right into my ears, lodging in the brain. Um, authors, other independent authors are not our competition. They are our yeah. colleagues yeah. and our friends. It's so key to yeah. realise that you can learn from other authors, and and we've just learned from you over the past twenty minutes, Don. <laughs> thank
2: you. And are you, and listening to podcasts quite this, I mean, it's always interesting to hear what other people are doing. It's yeah.
0: amazing. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your answer with us today, Don. It's been abs- it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah.
2: Thank
0: you for having me. That was a wonderful um, seven questions there. Dawn gave us some fantastic uh, answers. And uh, it's you, just lovely to talk to. You're wonderful quite a, a, a career she has going on there it's
1: really interesting Um, so, such a lengthy series it, it is of course mm-hmm. what we, we have often been told before we even started in the game and now that we're even getting to comment on the in the author game through this podcast writing in series can really can sort of help mm-hmm. Um, you know this Rob it can help one ad sell multiple books
0: yeah this and she's, de- she's doing it just... so well yeah yeah it really is so yeah big thank you to dawn for joining us um as i say every week if you want to join on join us on the show answer our seven questions the sign up form is at the top of our facebook group and it's also on our instagram and it's also on our website www.2indieauthors.co.uk david another showdown mm-hmm. not between us it's a showdown like in the <laughs> wild west um what have you got on for next week another productive week i hope
1: Another productive week. Yes, we. I um, I like to do. I do like to do about six drafts of my novels, and and that sounds like a lot. But draft one is the slog for me. We all have a different uh-huh. process, and drafts two, three, four, five, and six take a couple of days each, where I'm just uh-huh. going through the whole novel again and and write, rewriting them. So, um, draft two, I'm at the end of. I hope to get that done by the end of this week, and then all next week will be um giving over to draft three and really sort of getting those voices on so it's just bringing uh, a novella that's coming out on November the 25th and I have to get it to the editors um, on the 10th of November it's just giving that another couple of brush strokes the final drafts what about
0: you buddy what are you up to next week and then, well, you mentioned the 10th of November. Um, That's when the first Jack Townsend book comes out. So next wow. week, so tomorrow, the 3rd, when we're recording this, my blog tour starts. So obviously my first venture oh, into a blog tour. So... Um, I'll be sharing reviews and trying to maximize the benefit of that and like trying to, you know, drum up some more hype in the week leading up to it. Yeah. And then it's NaNoWriMo, like I said. So I will be committed to getting my, um, as much of Sam Hope 13 done over the next month. So that means it's kind of back to writing now, which is quite nice because I've had about a month off of writing. So yeah, yeah it should be a good week, I think. So um, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to give you a good update next week when we speak. Looking forward to it